Hello and welcome to That Park Life Podcast. From three different points, we're coming at you today. I'm in my normal podcast studio, and with me is Beth. I'm here. I'm here at the beach. She's Beach I, uh, Beth again today. Coming at you, not from my normal platform, um, but I'm sitting in here with this beautiful wood-paneled room, <laughs> and I've got my dog, who's really whiny, is next to me, so we're doing it. Awesome. And we are here with Kelly. Hello, everyone. From another part of Florida. You may remember, Kelly, if you saw our one of our recent live shows. It was our first one that we did. Um, we had her on quick for the topic monorail. Well, people hop on and hop off and talk about some topics. Look mm-hmm. for that in the future because I like to bring that back. But anyway, Kelly joins us today to talk about some of the Disney live shows because as she describes herself, she is a theater kid. That is true. Uh, technically <laughs> former theater kid, but always a theater kid at heart for sure. Well, of course, we're going to talk about Disney theater related stuff. But first, a little bit on your background, then what were you involved in? I'm guessing this was in high school, maybe college, too. Yes. So um, I've been singing for my whole life. So I did some acapella and stuff in college, but um, I did all the theater in high school. Um, So my first show I did was Legally Blonde and I was a Harvard student. So I was kind of in the background of that show. And then I was in um, the Shrek the Musical was my first. (laughs) named role at Ruth Eckerd Hall. Love the musical. It's a great musical. And I was Mama Bear in that. Um, so still kind of background character, but I had a name. So I was really excited. And then I did um, Beauty and the Beast twice, actually. Okay. So I did wow. Beauty and the Beast first at um, Capitol Theater here in Clearwater. Um, and it's kind of a smaller theater. And it was um, not like a full set. It was just like three microphones. And we kind of hopped between microphones. It was interesting. <laughs> but I was a... A silly girl, but I think they call it the bimbets in the movie. The <laughs> yes. yes. And then I did uh, Beauty and the Beast at my high school senior year as Mrs. Potts. And then um, my final role was the Wicked Witch in uh, Wizard of Oz. Wow. You've been around. By the way, I really love the how they change it from the bimbets to silly girls. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of political correctness there, I guess. Right. Mm, 2020. Mm. So. <laughs> Um, we'll obviously talk about the the current Disney live stage version of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but if you've seen that, you've seen what Mrs. Potts looks like. And I'm convinced it's not even a person. I think it's a robot on stage. I think it's actually just a moving vehicle. Maybe you know the answer like, to that. But Hovers across. Yeah. How, like, please tell me, please describe your Mrs. Potts costume to me. Was it actually a big teapot or was it just like, a you know, like a Disney bound outfit where you were just wearing the colors of Mrs. Potts? <laughs> I will actually show you. I have it pulled up. Um, So basically it was like I was wearing like these pantyhose and I had this big like hoop skirt on for now. Um, Maybe you could post it later and show people. Oh, I will. My outfit here. So it was like a big hoop skirt. (laughs) um, And then I had like this fluffy collar and I had like a little teapot hat. And then there's bunch of foam in like the arm and so I had to hold my arm like that the whole time and even when I was backstage it was just kind of like down I couldn't put it all the way down <laughs> and then um Chip was in like a like a cart and he was just like a little teapot head coming out of a cart and oh it was my goodness it was a wow. and so he was actually a child it was really fun oh my gosh I like that so obviously in the movie Mrs. Potts does a little bit of narrating 
right? In the uh, some old. Yeah. Wait, were you were you doing your best Angela Lansbury impression, or you were just yeah. doing regular old Kelly? So I I tried to do just kind of like as me, and I was I was toying around with it, and it's hard. So I had a little bit of a British accent, but I'm not very good at it. You're um, like it's me, but it's like older me. <laughs> I was trying to sound myself like older and like like British, but it's not very good British. Maybe so I distinguished. You were going yeah, for distinguished. Yeah, exactly, distinguished. So, um, it was kind of motherly. <laughs> you've been in at least two productions of Beauty and the Beast. And I think you told me you've seen the Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast. I have, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure Not is... A... Broadway, but I saw a, a, on tour gotcha. around here. Okay. Which I'm sure yes. is the same as it is on, in Hollywood Studios right now. It's almost a mirror image. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. so it's so the same. And you're so glad that you spent that much money on the tickets for them. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, actually, in my notes here about each show, um, next to Beauty and the Beast, I have in parentheses, most critical. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm well, a little critical of it, but. Let's, let's start there. And um, obviously, right now, the, the parks are not open. And I would have gone, actually, to at least see some of these live as like a, a way to brush up. But. I couldn't. So um, like most other people who probably listen to this, I don't have access to the parks. So I just went on YouTube and watched some of these videos, brushed mm-hmm. up on uh, Finding Nemo, the Festival of the Lion King, Beating the Beast, and the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. Is it epic? Yeah. We'll get there. And uh, <laughs> just to brush up a little bit on it. So now I feel I feel like well-versed now in these in these shows, for better mm-hmm. or worse. So yeah. let's... Oh, I did want to mention a uh, mild spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen those four shows, of course. Yeah, I <laughs> We were. I was talking to Nicole about this, and she's like, "Well, you got. How are you going to talk about these without spoiling?" I'm like, "Well, the answer is, I guess we're going to have to spoil these things. At least these are all. Well, three of the four of them are movies that already have storylines that we know for the most part, right? Like, right. Simba becomes king, guys. Hello. <gasps> what? <laughs> the Beast is always dies? a beast. What? Who says that? <laughs> His dad dies. <laughs> so uh, let's let's start with Beauty and the Beast because it's the longest running Disney live stage show i believe at the parks anyway and the costumes prove it yeah they do (laughs) i I know this is not a visual thing because this is an audio podcast oh i'm sorry was that a spoiler (laughs) no well if you go back the next time you see it if you happen to go back and watch a video of it like it's totally fine that like obviously we know there are people in like the lumiere costume and the chip right but for some reason, I was just staring at Chip's little feet while he was running. And I swear <laughs> that Mrs. Potts doesn't have feet. I'm convinced it's one of those little rover robots yeah. that you see in like yeah. the old electric light parade and stuff. Do we know if it is really one of those? That's what it looked like to me. I watched it looks like it. with you and I, I don't think it's it actually a little kid standing on a Roomba. That's, <laughs> that's the latest I heard. How do I apply for that job? I need a transfer. You got to be a lot shorter. So let's, I guess we'll talk about some of the elements in this show, because some of the shows we're going to talk about include a lot of live singing and, and not a lot of live singing, but this one's got some, like Bella's really singing her songs, Gaston is singing. Mm-hmm. By the way, the video I saw of Gaston, though the show, uh, the video that I saw, I don't know if you watched the same one, I'm not, I'm not judging his body, okay, because he's a person and he's entitled okay. to be shaped the way that he is, but the role of Gaston, I don't think is for him, because he had a little no. bit of a gut. I watched well, the same one. Okay. I would argue not all Gastons are created equal. Yes. Because we have been there when there have been, there was one guy that did Gaston at Disney that's like, looks the part. Like, they, those are his legit muscles. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a gut. He's really fit. We were like, that guy, probably the best one we've ever seen. Ever seen. Then we've also seen the one where it's like, 
they had to put the muscle shirt on them yes. and it just looks really awkward. It looks like you try to draw muscles on a stick figure. Which, I mean, if they could give that to me, that's fine. But I'm not going to try to be on a stage and pretend to be Gaston. I'm just going to walk around acting like But I like always feel bad for those guys because I'm like, wouldn't you love to be the guy that, like, knows that you play the same role as someone that, like, legitimately is, like, a beefcake? Yeah. <laughs> like, that plays the role where it's like, that's what he's supposed to be like. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's like Kevin. Kevin's the Gaston today, you know? Poor Kevin. He'll Poor never Kevin. be as beefy as Brian. Like, whatever it is. <laughs> Um, all right, Kelly, I want to hear about your notes and why you labeled it as most critical. So before I start with the, the yeah. stuff that's critical about, um, I will say in Gaston's defense, his vocals were excellent. Yes, that is true. Yeah. I thought him, so him and Belle have live vocals um, of the main characters, but there's also the background vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought those were excellent as well. And those yes. people are like dancing and running around the stage. And I thought they were doing a really great job with that. Um, yeah. So... I think the background characters were awesome. I'm my first couple roles were in the background. And so one of my biggest notes to other people that are watching these shows is make sure you're paying attention to the background Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's where you'll find a lot of like really funny things sometimes. Yeah. It's like they get a lot. So we get a lot more freedom. They kind of just will tell us I've generally, I mean, it might be different at Disney, but they would tell us when we were in the background, Hey, here's your role. Um, Here's what you're doing. And I want you to, just kind of do this. And I think they did a good quote in the um, stunt show, actually the epic stunt show spectacular where they said, you are representing all of Cairo right now for those background <laughs> people. And yeah. it's, you know, that's where your mindset has to be. So um, it's different every time. Cause they get a little bit of, of freedom with that. But um, I thought the, the dancing was very awesome. I mm-hmm. thought it was looked really exhausting while you're singing like that. Cause yeah. I've been there. <laughs> I think my biggest note is that why is Maurice not in it? What is she? Was she going like, oh, right. I thought that too. When we saw it the last time, I was like, I guess I've never realized that her dad's not in this. Hmm. So weird. It was um, very weird. He's a big role in the actual musical, um, of course, because that's why she goes to the castle. But he's right. got his own little songs and stuff. No LeFou either, which was weird. But he's right. kind of comic relief. So, yeah. um, you know, but I, I think my biggest note is just that those enchanted objects need some work. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about like the bottles of champagne on the shelves and the unlike the, the bookshelf kind of thing where they're just like tilting back and forth and that's it? Those two. But um, no, I really like Mrs. Potts. Need some oh, work. yes. Um, they look really scary and they're like 10 times bigger than Belle and it's a little bit <laughs> frightening. Oh, well, right. yeah, because Chip is like seven feet tall or something like he's not <laughs> he's yeah. not a little tiny character. I also wish that they would have um, brought in some of the songs from the musical. Okay. Um, they're not there because I've noticed if you're at Gaston's Tavern at uh, Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. if you've ever listened and you know the musical songs, they actually play some of the musical songs around there as like uh, instrumentals. Oh, so cool. oh, I did not notice that. I will say the one song from the Broadway show that I didn't realize that like ended up being my favorite was the one that they did in Gaston's Tavern. It's not like the normal one. It was the one where they're clinking all the beer and they're like clogging essentially mm-hmm. and i'm yep. like why wasn't this in everything else this is like the best it was like the best thing in the show to me it's um, the best number yes big thing that i was thinking about um especially for beauty and the beast when we did it so when they do the costume change from her regular clothes to the ball gown clothes yeah, you know, yeah. you're not really paying attention to it because they pull her off stage and then they show like a dance numbers yeah. to kind of just you but really like those 30 to 45 seconds whatever it is are probably so hectic every single backstage like getting into that giant hoop skirt and everything um kind of uh 
it just kind of took me back to that. I remember one night where um, some of the the freshman girls who had no idea what they were doing were trying to help Belle get into her dress. And she was so mad and she just yelled at him. She was like, I need to get out stage like 10 minutes ago, you know, and <laughs> like trying to like pull everything together. So obviously Disney knows what they're doing, but yeah. it is a stressful moment for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of things all at once. And I remember thinking like they must be sweating their tails off by the end of it because they're it's like, okay, you got to do this and don't miss your mark because then you're like, you're going to mess up the illusion. And if you mess up the illusion, then what? Like, then you die. Because there's a, because there's a part with Beast where he's like behind this sheet thing and he's like changes from human to beast and vice versa. And it's like, oh, but if you, if somebody's moving in the wrong way, like, that's it. And it ruins like, the whole illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like, well, I just saw that guy run off stage. Like, come on, you know? <laughs> right. That's, exactly. That's penalty of death. They take you out back and flog <laughs> you. Um, I had yeah. that in my notes. I was like, how hot are these people specifically in oh this performance? Because this is not an indoor performance. This is an outdoor theater. Yes, so it is. It's covered. But like, you can still feel the humidity and the heat. It's, it's got to be hot, hot, hot. It's hot. Definitely. Um, like in June, Beast is oh, probably dying. Dying. I don't oh know. Gosh. And and I did take note of their use of the tapestry, which is essentially a nice blanket to cover up when they're doing some of the transformations. Because like, yeah. it's human prince version of Beast. And they put a big blanket up in front of him and they're like dancing around and then you see his paw come up and then all of a sudden he's the big one. Right. So I'm, not, they, I'm guessing guys, yeah. they, they probably swap out, right? Because it's not like he just <laughs> right. Right. Fl- flipped a button and then his costume turned inside out. Um, but it was it was still cool to see them use that for a couple of things. Yeah. And I think when I was watching it, I could be wrong about this. I think they actually, not to not to spoil any mm-hmm. magic for I think that when they first pull it up over him, he enters through like the um, like the middle curtain because they like yeah. eat really fast when they go over to the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Kinda, that's how they yeah, did that. I, I was, feel like at one point I was like, "There's got to be like three guys. Like there has oh, to be like yeah. three guys at this point trying to do this transition thing for sure. Um, like to make it look good." But I guess one question I would ask you about the Beauty and the Beast stage show is prop. I mean, prop wise. Since you've done a high school version of it, and then I guess what, like a non-high school version of it? It was like a, it was for high theater. It was like a theater summer camp. Yeah. So how do you feel Disney does on the scale of like one to 10 when it comes to like props and costume? For um, this one, the live Mm -hmm. production? Yeah. Yeah. So it depends. Um, I would probably put it at like a, like a six and I feel bad that but well is it because it's like disney and you're like hey you have so much money why don't you like fix this up a little bit yeah yeah so if that was like a high school production i probably wouldn't be judging it as harshly Mm -hmm. because the the actors and actresses they're they're doing the best they can but some of the costumes are just really dated and yeah i mean this show has been around since 1993 i want to say right and it's like same stuff same stuff (laughs) 20 something years later you know yeah. So I'm sure you notice differences between this version, the Broadway version, and we talked about a few in the movie, but the there's a different arrangement for Be Our Guest. And yes. mm-hmm. I think I kind of like it. I do want to get your opinion on it, but I have a little bit of a, a clip of it because I don't expect people to know exactly what we're talking about. So here's a little bit of a differently arranged Be Our Guest because that's like probably the classic Beauty and the Beast song. It's the easiest one to sing out loud. I would say. So this is a little bit of that from the stage show at Hollywood Studios. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. He's not home without a soul to wait upon. All those good old days when we were useful. Just a little bit of it, and no one can see this, yeah, but like Kelly was singing. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like background people singing. Yeah, it, it's cool. Like it's just a different singing little. Part at least that, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, when we did the version I was talking about where we, um, I can't remember what they called it. It was like a chorus version, but we did the version with the mics. Um, mm-hmm. So the, I was actually a, a fork in that scene. Um, <laughs> and I was leaning over like the seats and like reaching for people. But in that version, they sing it like, life is so unnerving. And it's like all sad. and like, <laughs> Yeah, slow. yeah. It's just Lumiere doing it. And we were kind of like just hysterically sobbing on the stage. So I thought <laughs> how they jazzed it up a little bit i assume that in the stage directions for you which says get the fork out of here that's when you that's how you knew it was your time to leave um i did pick up on something that i think is now my all-time favorite exchange between two characters on a disney show and now i know for sure that the person or the people who put together this show like the script for it obviously they're pulling in or drawing from from the existing Mm -hmm. movie but They've definitely been in a relationship before because there's an exchange between Belle and Beast. So listen, listen to this. So Beast does something and aggravates Belle and he apologizes to Belle and Belle accepts his apology and then he reacts in a dramatic way. And I have never related to a character more than this. So this is a little a little clip of how you know that Beast has been around the block with trying to get women to accept his apologies. Apology accepted. His reaction to apology accepted is, I've never felt this way before. That's the moment when he falls in love with Belle. And I, I, that's, I took out maybe three seconds of like waiting in between. I didn't, that's not edited, really. That his next line after she says apology accepted is, I've never felt this, never way, felt before. this way before. <laughs> that's so funny. That's the moment they fall in love. That's yeah. awesome. And I that will say for everyone, by the way, just a side note about Beauty and the Beast. If you haven't heard any of the musical songs, go listen to me after you listen to this. Um, it is Gaston's song about how um, he is the most worthy of any woman, especially Belle. And mm-hmm. it's, it's excellent. <laughs> Love it. I wish that it was in the stage show because it's hilarious. <laughs> When you yeah. said go listen to me, I thought you meant you. And I was like, are you trying to plug an album yeah. here that we don't know about? I was like, well, I guess she's got a YouTube page. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, follow that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anything else you want to mention about the Beating the Beast stage show? I think that was it for my notes on that yeah. one. Yeah. All right. Where do, you, where do you want to take us next? Um, so next in my notes is, oh, but that's my favorite. Let's go to Festival of the Lion King for the next one. We'll go okay. to Folk. Festival of the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sorry. (laughs) Just getting in the spirit here. Yes. So Festival of Lion King happens over in the Africa section of Disney's Animal Kingdom. In Harambe. In the Harambe area. And Nicole um, used to work, so my wife Nicole used to work at Tusker House right there, which I know I mentioned a bunch of times. But she would take her break outside for lunch, and they would just be strolling around, half half in costumes, smoking a cigarette. Like, it's the weirdest thing. So now whenever I hear a festival of the Lion King, and even for me myself, (laughs) another role I used to have at Disney would be to to pick guests up backstage right there. So I'd have to drive by Uh. in a van with guests, and they would, like, clearly see a tumbler monkey with a cigarette yeah, in I'm his like, mouth. Yeah, like, see him yeah. with So I'll be like, so, you know, they're clearly on break, guys. This is not a normal activity. Kids don't smoke. <laughs> um, but it's like a real-life thing. Oh but that's the, this is the those are the first things that come to mind when I hear Festival of the Lion yeah. King. But obviously, that's not the yeah, point of the show, not the point of our conversation. This is a, a unique production because it's, it's really driven on audience participation, or they use a lot of audience participation, um, yes. just like the stunt show does, too, but certainly more than Finding Nemo and... Beating the beast. The one thing that comes to mind when it, I love the I love this show, 
in general. Um, but the one thing that I always get irritated at is I don't understand how like the way that they load people into the into Theater. the room and it yeah it drives me nuts every time because I feel like we always get stuck like where are we going where are we supposed to go and so this last time I kind of got a tip with one of the cast members because they were like trying to pack all these people in the one thing and I was like look we have 10 people there is there wasn't enough space like I could see it with my own eyes so I started walking over to the other side like across from it because they had plenty of space above them and they're like ma'am you can't do that blah blah and I was like okay so we started walking up the ramp and they stopped us because they're like oh yeah we don't have enough room and i'm like okay so where do you think they took us right back across the room where i already was heading and they like finally put us i don't know i just feel like every time we're in there and they're loading people it's like they're screaming at everybody the whole time and i'm like i don't understand y'all's method here but i get that disney has their ways the only thing i will the other thing that um i will say is that they do a good job of when you're in line waiting for the like show to start and there's another one going on. Like I feel like you can't hear it at all. Yeah, like, you there's can... nothing you can hear from the outside. I do remember on that queue. I don't remember hearing the performance. Maybe every now and then you can hear that there is something going on, but not like clear musical notes. But I remember standing on the line or the the outdoor portion of the queue for that stage show, and um, they have fans up, but either they don't work. Like at all, or they're on, right. but they literally don't blow any air. I think they they're actually sucking or, air out and blowing it yeah, somewhere it's else. Like, they're just blowing like hot air on yes. you. You're like, you might as well just, just feels like people are breathing on me. Yeah, you might as well breathe. Get someone to breathe on my neck instead. It's less. <laughs> that's less offensive to me because it's le- at least not a lie. I know what I'm getting myself into. Oh my into. gosh. Yeah. Uh, so this this particular production starts out with human storytellers, which is for sure different than Beauty and the Beast because there is a narrator for Beauty and the Beast that kind of brings you to the story. But here they bring up people, they uh, welcome you to their world and they have you uh, associate with each of the four sections associates with an animal, which they bring back in. So right off the bat, they're bringing you into a different world, if you will, or to their world. And they're uh, involving you and you get to hear everyone not know what a giraffe sounds like. Oh. <laughs> yes. You get to hear people make terrible elephant sounds and stuff. If you've seen the show, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. And, this is definitely a like not so strict on storyline as much as it focuses on performance. Right. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that would be your assessment too, Kelly. Definitely. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, with all of these stories and this really goes for all four of the shows, but nobody's really going into a blind. I mean, anyone already kind of has a, a fondness, mm-hmm. of course, you think to the, to the show. So, you know, mm-hmm. you would assume that everyone in the room has seen the movie and it's just kind of a, a fun retelling where they kind of bring in the the culture from the Africa area, which I think is neat yeah. um, with the costumes yeah. and the people talk about, um, I don't know what I'm saying. You might want to cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I just like that they've got the, the costumes and the singing is excellent. Mm-hmm. I just think yeah. is really neat. I think my favorite part is actually the, um, when they do, can you feel the love tonight? It's got the birds and they're flying yes. up in the air. Yes. <laughs> Fun. It makes me cry every time. <laughs> I do love the birds and I feel like I've never, uh, okay. So I've never seen the Broadway musical of the Lion King. I hear it's absolutely like everyone is like, I don't care who you are. You're going to go and you're going to love it. <laughs> so I haven't seen it, but are the birds, do they play a big part? Like, do they have like a part in the Broadway musical or not? Cause I'm like, where did they even like think about bringing these birds in here for the show? Not that I can remember. So, um, that was actually my first musical on Broadway. I think I was like 13 or 14 when I saw it and it was amazing. Um, I don't remember birds specifically, but I just know that 
like in every scene, they've got all kinds of animals and they're so killed. And if you weren't like, I could probably see that 10 shows um, of that. And I would see something different every single time in the background. It's really neat. Yeah. Well, and I know they have like the birds on the poles in the Broadway musical, like where they like swing them around. But I just didn't know if that was something that I just didn't know that they did in the Broadway musical. It's like, oh, well, that would make more sense. But I do love the the bird part and the monkeys. Like, obviously, I just feel like you're entertaining. So Um, I actually have a comment about the flying birds um, because I just wrote that the the finale was so well done. Mm -hmm. I think it looks so whole. And I think those birds are part of it. And it's such a simple effect. They're Mm -hmm. just kind of following a stick. But yeah. It's like a different atmosphere, like a different layer to the finale. And I just think it looks so cool with all the characters all together there. Yeah. I think the costuming is pretty incredible. Amazing. Yes. I get, I get, I don't want to say nervous, but when the Tumblr monkeys are going, I'm just hyper-focused on what they're doing, mostly because I know I could do that. I just, you know, I don't try. You know, I just, (laughs) I think, ah, whatever, I could do that. But I'm just sitting there and almost the time uh, on their display of agility and strength and stuff. I'm kidding. Yeah. Obviously I could never do that, but that's, I'm like, I don't know if anyone else is like that. I'm just sitting there like watching them. Like, wow, why, how it's yeah. almost how are actual humans doing this? Yes. Like how are you doing this right now? Yeah. And they just make it look so easy. They're bouncing around. They, they look, look like they're just having fun, which I guess is the point. They are Tumblr mm-hmm. monkeys. They're meant to look like it. I was, however, well, watching they have to do something to earn those smoke breaks. Greg. That is true. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta do something to cloud up those lungs. So um, I was watching and in, in getting ready for this episode, the one that I watched, I actually was paying attention to the monkeys because this is something you had mentioned, Kelly, is to pay attention to the background dancers. So mm-hmm. I had that in my head when I was watching this and um, they were not the focus of this particular portion of the show. And they're just kind of like chilling on the edge of the stage there for like a second, kind of like sitting and like slapping their knees and stuff. But they kept making monkey faces. So obviously this is a human yeah. and like a monkey-ish outfit, but you can still see all of their face. So they do the thing where, like they blow up their cheeks. They're picking on each other and they're like yes. hitting each other, like like si- almost like siblings. But it's yeah. like how monkeys do, where they just kind of like it's like oh get off me. But then they're pick they're back to picking on each other, yes. like picking things out of their hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really cool feeling when you're playing a character because you just get into that mindset when you're on stage. Like you don't think, oh, nobody's looking at me right now. I don't have to do anything. Your mind is focused on I am this character and everybody's looking at me right now. So I need to be hyper focused. So, yeah, it is really fun to watch them do all the like just silly little yes. movements and everything. And it's I will say, I've, I've always wanted to like interview one of the monkey like people because I'm like, what is it like being like, OK, I'm hired because I'm essentially a gymnast. But I have to put on this monkey suit and I have to participate in certain songs. So I feel like that would be kind of weird because. You can just tell, like, they're not all, like, actors. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like they perform these stunts because they're gymnasts, and then they, but they also have to, like, put on these crazy suits and, like, sing and stuff. So it's funny to me to kind of, like, watch that transition and be like, do these guys really enjoy this? Like, are they, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just, every time I've thought that when I've seen them, I'm like, they're, like, gymnasts, but they are basically being forced to, like, sing songs. <laughs> So true. I feel like that's the, like the high school equivalent of like the drama teacher being like, well, we need a guy to play this role and you're in the, yeah. tech, but here you go. It's yeah. like, you, you look like it. Season. Yeah. Yeah. I do sure. like their commitment to detail about monkeys. Cause I was blown away the first time I saw one of them take their poo and sling it. And I thought guys, oh Disney is all about details. <laughs> all about details. Like I probably got in trouble. They're like, did you, they're like, Carl, did you sling your poo again? You know that's not allowed. We told you about this. This is your this is your fourth point. That's a reprimand. 
So Kelly, what's your favorite part of the Festival of Lion King? I really think it's that part with the birds. I think that looks so cool yeah. when okay. we do that. And yeah. it, it just gets me so emotional because I, I like the idea of like, oh, they're birds and they're flying and they're in love. And I'm kind of a... <laughs> well, it's like a beautiful... I mean, it's like an interpretive dance sort of. Like it's yeah. it's a beautiful little thing that they do. So, And it's like calming. And mm-hmm. you know, Disney can be a little bit crazy. So you're like... <gasps> Oh, I feel kind of calm right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're singing a song that I know. It's like one of my favorite songs in the movie. Like, you know. They uh, couldn't really have they could have someone dressed as Nala come out and give like Simba the like the bedroom eyes that she does in the movie. <laughs> that would be inappropriate. <laughs> they do have a little exchange there that yeah. with the right audio would make it a, a different rated movie. <laughs> um, I do have a little exactly. clip of the finale because it really is it really is the culmination of the entire show and they do a great job at the end of this performance to incorporate a couple of the songs, if not all of like our go-to Lion King songs in one. But here's a little yeah. bit of the finale and part of this includes Burl, the big bird twirling around in the, uh, in the sky. So this is a little bit from the finale of Festival of the Lion King. That's me clapping in the background. Okay, I always loved the Mariah Carey moment, so I was like, wow! <laughs> okay, <laughs> funny because Doug and I realized that the um, at the end of Splash Mountain, this is a random thing, but at the end of Splash Mountain when they're singing the song, yeah. if you listen closely, you can hear the some of the birds doing that. Oh, like yeah. Like the female ones, because it's like, <laughs> So every time, we, it's like you can't unhear it now, but yes. it's like, you know, you got to put your... Mm. Oh, oh. Anyways. <laughs> um, I do want to note that if you have someone, uh, maybe perhaps a child in your party, who is sometimes hesitant to go to a show because they're afraid it's going to be like all song and dance. And I'm not making this a boy or a girl thing. I'm just saying like it might be a, a boy, but it could be anyone in your group that is like, no, this is just going to be a bunch of singing and dancing. And that's not my thing. Yeah. This is a perfect show because it's really not a focus on the dancing so much as like yeah. a performance and the singing is not i don't know it's not your typical musical stuff like it's it's certainly yeah. more to see they than keep it is you entertained yeah it's something for everybody yes so that's why i like it that might be my favorite thing dancing isn't your thing chances are like it's cool to see some gymnastics that's things, what i'm you're like yeah i i can't do that and then some people like seeing like well they hook somebody to a carabiner and they fling them around the room yeah. that's kind of cool <laughs> yes. like there's something yes. for everybody so it's a it's a <laughs> safe show in in that respect um, you know you could be there just for the monkeys and I, that's yeah, fine that's fine it's true come for that's the monkeys true. stay for the giraffe sound effects stay for the cigarette cigarettes afterwards yeah, exactly <laughs> what's that puff of smoke in the distance mom oh that's just a tumbler monkey lighten up um let's uh let's stay in animal kingdom then we'll go over to the yeah. finding nemo musical one of the, i think the only stage show well the only musical stage show we're talking about today that didn't start out as a musical they yes, had they had and- to go in it's my favorite, and I think that it should be on Broadway, like Look a longer version of it. You said this is your favorite of the ones we're talking about today? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm sure you have a lot to, lot on your mind about it. I do want to point out, because I mentioned that this was not originally a musical, but became a musical, and you'll know the people who were behind the original songs for this. I feel like Kelly probably, I mean, we know, I thought for sure you know this. Um, it is the Lopez's, so Robert Lopez and Kristen oh. Anderson Lopez, who are behind many things, but including Frozen 1 and 2. Mm, so now we know yeah. them, at least we've heard their stuff. 
I think it was one of the two of the Lopez's had put together like a condensed version of some Shakespeare play and someone at Disney caught it and they were like, oh, you seem to really know how to condense a very long feature into a mm. short amount of time, but still encompass everything or at least focus on like a really good portion of it and tell a story. So that's what led them to them. They wound up I making like a part of this. They were sitting in a room drinking some scotch and smoking cigars and they're like, you know who we need? We need the Lopez's. <laughs> Someone give them a call. <laughs> I honestly think that makes perfect sense. And the songs in it are so fantastic. And yes, obviously yeah. the movie is not a musical, but the songs are so incredible and original. And I think they do a great job of tying in everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about the puppets because yes. this is something that I had never really like, maybe I had seen it before, but I don't think I had ever seen it before. And so I think when I first saw it was like, is it like, what, what's happening here? Um, I don't really know what it's called when they do that. Like, I feel like there's probably a term for it. But my question is, do you think it's more distracting or not? I turned to Kelly for this. So yeah. I have lots of opinions on this. Um, okay. I think the puppets are really cool. And here's my thoughts. So I think when you're seeing the show for the first time, or if maybe if it's young children, I think you should sit kind of, I mean, it's hard to say because they kind of tell you where to sit. I think you should aim for like middle back row, um, like towards mm-hmm. the back so you can kind of see the puppets and their full effect because they look the most like the characters. But I went recently and I sat like all the way in the front, not on purpose. We just got there right before the show started. And I loved looking at their facial expressions and i thought it was mm. really cool. um i think the way my boyfriend put it was really good because he's not a big musical person but he was like i love that they are making the facial expressions that the puppets would be making if they mm-hmm. had the ability to yes. right right so, so that, cause that was my thing i was like well it, there is this like give and take of if you're gonna have the big puppets then why not just have them like dressed in black basically but I if think- not then why not just dress the characters more like the people you know what i mean right i kind of liked the little details so i I wrote about that i like that like bruce has kind of like the subdued rags on and dory's little funny wig and everything um i don't know i think it's interesting that they do it like that because it brings a little bit more attention because their facial expressions are really important and do add a lot to the story yeah and if you think about it there's kind of something for everybody because it's like little kids are probably going to more so watch the puppets whereas adults i feel like are going to more so watch what's going on with the actual actors Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm Yeah, I definitely um, you should try sitting in the front, especially to the side, because you can even you're probably not supposed to. You can kind of see a little bit backstage as well, Um, Mm -hmm. just like before they get on and you can see a couple of effects and how those happen. But I thought it was a really interesting viewpoint because there were just so many things that I've never noticed. And it's harder to see some of the effects like up top um, and some okay. of those effects, like there's uh, the sword fighting effect too in the back and they, where they've got the swordfish and they're mm-hmm. fighting with it. And um, you can't really see that as well. So you miss out on certain effects, but I think just being able to see them so up close is really interesting and brings a new element to the show. I like that yeah. you brought up, you could, if you sit close, you can really see their facial expressions. Cause this, this exact thing that you guys were just talking about, I've thought too, but just in, in, in thinking about it, I think, I think I know, or at least have an idea, maybe what went through their head. I think this is to make it Greg's niece proof. So you may remember right. that I've mentioned in the previous <gasps> episode that my niece, when we saw the Voyage of the Little Mermaid in Hollywood Studios, she turned to me and said, this is fake. I can see the, I can see the people holding the puppets. So I, f- <laughs> I wonder if maybe they were thinking, well, instead of trying to hide them, we'll, hide o- them. Just we'll make own the fact that like it, they're clearly puppets and there are both people and puppets. If you want to look at the puppets, look at them. If you want to look at the people, look at the people. Then it's like, yeah. 
then they're not hiding yeah, because anything? they didn't do that originally right like they, weren't they they were not in black originally right i don't think so i don't For think some so reason, either, i no. felt like they were but maybe that i'm thinking of something else that i've seen it's possible um, if they've changed it into a musical then maybe they changed that but i could have sworn originally they were like in black like there were parts where all you could see was the puppets I'm not sure. There's but a couple I don't know. Of the, the background characters. So, like for example, Bruce is wearing his, you know, rags. But yeah. the person who's controlling the back of the shark is wearing like all blue, like to look like the ocean. Yes. And okay. when they do the the school of fish, they're wearing all blue as well. So it's kind of like not the voice of the character, basically. Right. Exactly. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. And of. probably like, not an actor, right? Like the guy that's doing the back of the shark is probably. Right. The focus is more right. on the mechanics like, than, than the acting, yeah. I would assume. Which is crazy because think about how many people are on are on stage sometimes at one time with mm-hmm. all that. And you're like, oh, gosh, please don't bump into each other. Like, there's so much going on. <laughs> well, so I have this theory. I think that in the scene, so it's just Dory and Marlon and then the school of fish. And there's a bunch of them. And they each have like a fish on their hand. And they do all like the cool oven effects. mitts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they, that, that's got to take a lot of coordination, by the way. Um, yeah. But I think that's pretty much all of the cast, except maybe whoever's in the next scene. Because when they do the final bow at the end, you can tell some people have two different things to show that they mm. have characters. Oh, I know. Yeah. He, like the guy who plays the turtle and the guy who plays Bruce. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm a Disney fan. I didn't call him Crush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, you can kind of see if you look at their faces that they're they're doing some of the background parts in different scenes. Oh, interesting. Right. I could see that happening. Yeah, I guess that's something to look for for sure. I do think that the puppets are pretty incredible that they use there. It turns out that the person who was brought in as the lead puppet and production designer was from the Disney Broadway version of Lion King. Really? Yes, which is known for some of its puppetry as well. So it wasn't just a rando person. Yeah. They, they brought in someone who clearly knew what he was doing. And I was Which just, it makes sense because they kind of, I mean, I, I guess I've seen photos from the Lion King, but they kind of do the same thing where it's like they're controlling certain things, but they still kind of look like that character. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. They yeah. were like, you know who else we need? We need to get Michael Curry in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kelly, you say that you like the music from this. What are yes. What are some of your jams? I mean, we all know you're going to say Big Blue World. In the big oh, you know what? We'll just let's get this out of the way then, Beth. You oh. s- and not that you did a very good job singing it, but I want everyone to hear the earworm of big blue, a big blue world. So here you go, just a brief little clip of the thing that's going to be in your head, at least the rest of your drive right yes. now, maybe, or the rest of your yep. day. Here you go. There you go. Now it's in your I, head. I love when the kids sing it, though. Like yeah. the kid choir that sings it in the Nemo ride at the end. Oh, yes. And Epcot. All the little kids. Yeah. It's like, oh, just sing it, y'all. Just sing it, kids. Love <laughs> it. Well, obviously, Big Blue World is the one that's stuck in my head all day. Except <laughs> for my number one favorite. My favorite is Go With The Flow. When okay. Crush um, sings, like surfing on the giant turtle. I think that one's yeah. so fun. And the vocals are insane. He can hit high notes that probably I can't even hit as an alto. But it's fantastic. And that's definitely my favorite one. Is that Love when it. in the show, the... Wait, who sings that song? Is that... You said Crush? 
Mm-hmm. Is that the part of the show where the guy who's controlling Crush or whatever winds up getting on top of and like is di- like almost like dancing like oh like a woman on a piano would do like it's am I remembering this correctly? That, oh my gosh, that part yes, and I love that, and um, I think that part is really cool. That's did you know why they made the turtles like kind of like high? Like, do you know why they do that? High no, meaning like they're on me. drugs. Yes. Yeah. No. Groovy man. It's because when turtles eat jellyfish in real life, um, I wanted to be a marine biologist for a while, so that's why I know this. Okay. When jellyfish, it gives them like a high effect and it subdues them, and so that's why they act all chill. Huh. I thought it was like supposed to be more like because they're like surfer dudes, like oh yeah, and like surfer dudes smoke pot. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> I uh, honestly, I don't know too much of the song, but while we were chatting, I I pulled it up. So here's a little bit of go with this is go with the flow. This is Kelly's favorite song. So if you don't like it, you know how to find Kelly and complain (laughs) that I played this. Here you go. Oh, now I remember this song. Oh, yeah. I do now, too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then I just sing that in the parks really loudly all day. And yes. my boyfriend pretends that he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that might happen a few times after certain shows. <laughs> Literally, like, every Lord. show. That was, I mean, he's not a huge musical person. Okay. He just grew up watching them. After that one, he was like, that was amazing and i'm so glad that we went to see that he's like i was a little skeptical at first i was like why are yeah. we seeing this musical when we could go on rides yeah um <laughs> yeah ride person beth we are too but he yeah. loved it. yeah that's good now every time you see other things he's gonna be like where are the puppets <laughs> <laughs> i see the people dressed up but where are the puppets um bring them I, back i would describe fi- the finding Nemo musical to people if they were asking me like is this something that the whole family can go see i do think that that's it is like a little dark Right, like there's definitely some sadder moments or some darker moments, and and just really the, but it's the word. nothing like outside of what the movie. It's is, not. Really. I would say, um, judging by how many children were crying in it when I saw it, that I would agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they can't handle it in real life. They're like, we can watch the movie, but mom and dad can cut it off. They can't really cut it off when they're watching yeah. it in the Disney show. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like it's it's dramatic for sure. Like it's well done. Yeah. I just always sit there and think, like, man, is this for kids or is this for adults? Because, like, I'm getting, un- like, is well, it me? What does your what does your niece say? I don't know if she's seen it. You know what? I'm going to drag her to this when the next time they're here. If Literally, they're... when you told me that story about the Little Mermaid thing, like, my first thought was, well, don't take her to see Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like, I think the, the part with the sharks where they're, like, playing metal, like, hardcore yeah. metal. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, basically the whole movie or the whole show is uh, Nemo dramatically being like, my dad's not looking for me. Yeah. Everything's bad. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little dark. I mean, they, they show his mom in the beginning and I was like, oh, yeah. Oops. Too soon. And then Olaf comes in and he's like, mm-hmm. and then she died. <laughs> dead. You oh. should tell Disney that they need to add that. When they listen to the podcast. And then his, mother, and then his mother's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I'll be go on scene and like I'll I'll be like Olaf and I'll be like, and they're dead. <laughs> and they're dead. That's right. Um oh. what else do you have about finding Nemo in the musical? This is your favorite, so I'm sure you've got some some more stuff. I do have a couple more things. I was just gonna say I talked about some of the effects. I love Mr. Ray on the bicycle. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that any time that people are spinning upside down and suspended in air and singing high notes at the same time, like Dory does is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the little um, squirt like puppet where it's in the air and her legs are like the fin. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, that's pretty much all the notes I've got, but I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think the one of the actresses who plays Dory was in one of the Disney Plus episodes for the I forget the name of the show. Maybe one of you will remember where they go behind the scenes. It's like a five or six minute episode show. I think it's on this day on the on the Disney on the Disney day or something. But anyway, go back and find it. And one of them is the Finding Nemo musical. It's from the the Florida production of it. And it's cool that she talks yeah. about the all that stuff, including the wig and the tumbling yeah. upside down and singing thing. It's cool. Every time I go skiing in this wig, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of those crazy hats and people go yes. skiing in. <laughs> yes. Every time I've seen it, I've seen the same girl. So I'll have to watch back and see if it's the same one. But she's awesome. Yeah. 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 She's got a, her normal speaking voice is kind of high pitched, which makes sense for the character she's mm. playing. Yeah. Um, right. So the last thing we're talking about today is the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, which yeah. I haven't seen in a while in person. And I'm not going to embarrass Nicole. But I will say that she um, tends to jump when like things explode or there's a gunshot or something. So we haven't seen it because she knows she's just going to sit there and be like uh, okay. waiting for something. But we watched it earlier this afternoon before we were recording. And I wish I was recording her audio because she was reacting as if she were in person. So we're on our couch <laughs> watching YouTube safe at home. Reba's right there, you know. And there's an explosion. And she's like, Ugh! I'm like, this is a TV thing. It's not even in real life. She's making the dog. She's making the dog jump. Making the dog like, jump. Okay, so seriously? if you have someone in your group who who is the same way, maybe maybe don't go see this, or maybe watch it yourself on YouTube first. Because if they don't like gunshots mm-hmm. or explosions or stuff, um, this might not be your thing. Because this Fire. is Fire. this is a stunt show. I yes. made a, a comment earlier in this episode about whether or not it's an epic stunt spectacular, <laughs> and maybe it was like 20 years ago whenever it opened up. But then again, I'm, yeah. I'm maybe I'm just being harsh on it. But it is cool. This is definitely something where you want to pay attention to background people because someone in this virtual room was a background actor. Am I right? For I the was. Yes. That was so much fun. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yes. So can you run through that a little bit? Because it's been so long since I've sat in the audience when they solicit. So how how does that happen? How do you wind up being in the show? Yes. So I wanted to be in it forever. Um, but when I was younger, cause I, I don't know if kids still grow up with Indiana Jones, but I did when I was younger. So mm-hmm. I saw it when I was a kid. Um, I think kids would really only like the show if they've seen the movies and are big fans, but okay. yeah, yeah. anywhere. Um, but so I've wanted to do it for a long time. And then I didn't get a Disney pass till after I was 18. Um, Like, I think I was 12 the last time I had gone to Disney. And then I came back when I was 18 and you have to be 18 or older to do it. Ah, And so my hand and um, they happened to pick me. I think I had like a birthday button on and that's probably Mm -hmm. why they picked me. But so they took me backstage. They make you sign a little like thing saying, if I get hurt, it's not Disney's fault. And then they bring you on stage and you wear like the little um, Cairo costume. And so basically they just tell you, all right, so you're going on stage. If we call you up to do something, you do it. And then I think they had me like do a dramatic scream at one point. This was a couple of years ago, but I had to do some sort of performance thing and they kind of just pulled people forward to do that. Um, so that part was fun. And then they do the whole scene in the show or in the movie, which I just watched the other day. It's the part in the market where there's all kinds of people chasing them. And yeah. so they've got you and they're like, all right. I said that line earlier where they say you're representing all of Cairo and they have you. Yeah. 
you're shopping and somebody's like a shopkeeper. I think I was like buying rugs or something when we did it. <laughs> you know, it was a lot cheesier, but it reminded me of like being in the background in a show again. Cause it's kind of, yeah. you know, you're like chatting with people, but nobody can hear what you're saying. So you're kind of just like, Oh, what a nice rug this is. And you're just kind of yeah. doing impressions. It was really fun. I love that. It's just kind of a mini version of, I mean, basically what a lot of movie sets are like, yep. mm-hmm. where it's like they do this like high intense action thing. And then it's like, all right, cut. And everyone's just kind of walking around like, OK, well, we did that. Now it's next. Yeah. I think it's definitely something you should see like once, maybe twice. Yes. But then it's like one of those where it takes up so much time that you're like, we could be writing like something else. At Tower this point. or Terror or something. Yeah. I mean, it, this is another yeah. outdoor attraction or another outdoor performance. So, again, you're underneath mm-hmm. a, a covering, but you are in an outdoor theater so if it's a hot, hot, hot day, it's going to be hot, hot, hot. I won't play the song, Beth. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, you're <laughs> you're going to be hot, hot, hot. The one time, Greg. <laughs> um, in the theater, so something to keep in mind. And there is a little bit of fire involved, which sometimes that gives off a little bit of heat. So and just by a little bit, you mean a lot. There's quite a bit, yeah. You know, a car flips yeah. over with an explosion and stuff. This is another <laughs> show that they do a lot of audience participation, not just getting some people in the audience to be a part of the show, right. but they have you do your oohs and your ahs, and mm-hmm. you wind up clapping and stuff or when... Uh, Indy does his stunts and whatnot. And I know I was at home watching this because, again, because don't, we don't have the opportunity to go to the park at this moment, but I was trying to pay attention to the set pieces as they were breaking them down. So it, mm. either you've seen this before or you haven't seen it and you're going to the first time and like you just want to pay attention to stuff if you're looking for another layer. Pay attention because when they break down the big giant set in the back, which they eventually yeah. wheel out of the way, you can see the track yeah. that the big giant boulder rolls down and you can see that there's more than enough room. If the guy were to lay down, the, the boulder would go over yeah. him, which we yeah. all know he was never in it as an adult anyway. You know, he was never in, in any real danger. But it's still kind of yeah. cool to see when they show you like the cross section of the track, what it looks like and how far away from the floor, let's say, the ball is rolling. And it's cool. And it's one of those things yeah. where like, well, I knew it was like fake, but it's nice to see what it looks like on the inside. Right. And to show you just how diverse like one kind of set can be yes. like how many different scenes they can put in one type of set yeah because i mean that the big giant you see in the the classic indiana jones scene where he's running away from the from the big ball mm-hmm. if you will and they break it down in three pieces and then before you know it the whole thing's gone and then they're in cairo yeah. you know and that's just in one yeah. little lot if you will yeah i think it's really interesting because you know you're going into it everyone knows that scene yeah. so when you're sitting there you know he's not going to get run over by the rock but it's still yeah. really suspenseful and yeah. really exciting the way they do it and then you know they break that uh suspense afterwards when he's they've got the one person pushing the ball and he's like it's so heavy they need 18 yeah. people to push it. Yeah. and they're like well the other one's called that sick today yeah. but yes. uh, yeah that's kind of a well even when he's doing the spike thing in the, yes um, in the beginning the spikes in the beginning you're like this could that could go really wrong if yes. he steps in the wrong places exactly. when they're doing that and i watched it on so. you know again on youtube today and they had zoomed in so like i felt like i was getting a perspective that you wouldn't get if you were in the audience it was a zoomed in perspective and yeah. even though i could see where they're coming from his the precision of the person doing it by the way, they claim yeah. this person is a stand-in for Harrison Ford. Okay. Yeah, which I'm like, maybe back in the no. day when they first started this, I mean, but maybe, but he'd have to look a lot older to be a convincing stand-in now. Yeah, um, exactly. But anyway, like, he was still coming pretty close to him, and I don't really know. I doubt that those spikes are actually sharp. They're probably foam or something, but still, like, yeah, he could still. get hit easily, and it's not a matter of whether or not he's going to get hurt. Like, if he gets hit with it, he obviously has to react in a certain way, and he doesn't, right. so I was even more impressed given that new perspective of it. It maybe had a different type of appreciation for it. 
Well, and like the punching part where the yes. girl's doing the punching with the guy that's, you know, supposedly the... Yeah, not a yeah. plant, even though he did like a backflip earlier in the <laughs> yeah. in the day. <laughs> um, I do want to make a quick comment because I actually thought of something um, when you said, you know, if they make a misstep, they have to react to it. Is yeah. the, the thing. And um, that actually happens a lot in theater. Like pretty much every show I've been in, somebody has messed up something. And my two favorites are when I we did Beauty and the Beast. I won't say which one. I don't want my friends, if they're listening, to get embarrassed. But mm-hmm. um, somebody forgot... Beast forgot to put his paws back on and so he had to do his whole big solo with his arms behind his back when he's used to doing these big like dramatic like, hand oh, gestures. Oh yeah. So he had to do it with his hands behind his back and everybody was watching like biting their nails. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> and then uh, another scene was when we did Shrek the musical, um, the person who was playing, oh gosh, what's his name? The the evil short Lord guy. Farquaad. Yes, Lord Farquaad. Um, he had a wig and it was like falling off <laughs> and he had to think what to do on stage. So he was like, Thelonious, fetch me the royal coiffure to fix my hair or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I came up with that on the spot. It was excellent. I need a royal yeah. coiffure or whatever you just said. Coiffure. whatever you just said. I think it's a person who does hair, but. Well, I mean, Yeah. What a role. Yeah, seriously. Um, would have been really good if randomly somebody just come, came out from the back, too. That would have really been yes. good. <laughs> just ready to go, yes, with the scissors and everything. But back to the, the epic stunt spectacular. Yeah. Um, I just love the way that they... So I watched the movie the other day with my dad, and now I have to go back. I haven't seen this, you know, when I was 18 and I got in it. I was like, well, I never have to go again because yeah. I got to do it and I'm done now. <laughs> yeah. But now I have to go back because I feel like, you know, I was watching the movie. I was like, that's in the stunt spectacular. And so is that. And in just three scenes, they really Mm -hmm. like tied the whole movie together. It was really cool. Of the four things we've talked about, I think this might be my least favorite, but that's not a knock on the performance. I just It's just different. It's a different thing. Just a different thing. I think that of the four, this is the most one and done for me. Beauty and the Beast might be two. And then Festival is maybe the most rewatchable for me because of the mostly because of the Tumblr Monkleys. Monkleys. The Tumblr the monkeys, monkeys, to be honest. Um, so this is my, I guess, least favorite of all the things we're talking about. But again, if you haven't seen it and you want something, a reason to sit down basically for 45 minutes or whatever it is, this is something for you to do. lines are long at Hollywood Studios. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how, would you, how would you rank them, Kelly? So I would, I'll start from the bottom. I would actually put Beauty and the Beast at the bottom, I think. And I think it's just because mm. I've been in and seen so many productions where I liked Could it be. so much. Or, mm, and so yeah. I think we'll put that at the bottom. Um, I would say that uh, Indiana Jones is next. I think it's really exciting, and I get I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I love seeing all the like stunts. Um, yeah. But more about the stunts for me because they don't really. It's not really a story. It's more mm-hmm. like right. Show Let's just show you how we do this. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, I would actually. I mean, you know, I'm going to do this, but I would put Festival of the Lion King next, um, even though I think it's amazing. But I just think Nemo is number one for sure. I would probably put. The Indiana Jones last. Well, no, honestly, Beauty. And the, I would probably do Beauty and the Beast last. The same. Just but I would put I would put Lion King at the top. Like yeah. I think, yeah, Nemo is cool, but I think it's another one of those. Like I mean, just for me personally, like it's like, well, you've seen it. Okay, next thing. The only reason I didn't put Beauty and the Beast at the bottom was that at least it has songs that I know, and I could still get happy. Yeah, that's true. That's the, the Lion to me, King. That's the... I, I'm always entertained with Lion King. Yeah. So, and we like we always make that a priority. So. And I think yeah. Lion King, I think that's just kind of a me thing with the Nemo, because I think Lion King is one of the number, I mean, if not the number one show at Disney World, like people, 
or at least of yeah. the studios, people really, really love that show. Yeah, they can pack them out for sure. Like, it's like one of the ones where actually, like, you need to get there on time. Yeah, it's worth the fast pass, basically. Yeah, for sure. And if you have the fast pass, you don't have to wait in that horrible queue. Oh, gosh, what a waste. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, thanks, Kelly, for hanging out with us and talking yeah. about our shows, especially from a theater kid's perspective, because I am not a theater kid. And I, I just mean that to say, like, I yeah. haven't been involved in anything theater related at, at all. So I don't Does really have that same perspective. Does my second grade play count? I, I was I mean, uh, in the second. Well, I was well, a salmon in my second grade play. You were a salmon? I was a salmon. It was about recycling. Oh. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you have video of this? Please post. Um, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. And keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram at the, that Park Life Podcast because, Kelly, I am going to get that photo from you as you of you of yeah. Mrs. Potts, and I will post that. Absolutely. People for sure. People will see that. Well, thank you so much for having me. I definitely want to get back into theater now. Every time I watch a show, too, I like I after that emo show last time I saw it um, a couple months ago, I was like, I want to get back on stage. You're like, I could do this. I could do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you definitely should. Kelly, where can people follow you on Instagram? Um, so I have my Disney account is Cinder Kelly with an EY. Um, and then my personal is. Kelly Diker. Um, I assume Greg can put this in the show notes because yeah. my name is spelled super weird. So yes. I'm not even spelled out for you. But um, those are my two accounts. Nice. All right. Well, again, awesome. thanks for hanging out with us. And we have a little bit yeah. left of our show to do. We got some Disney history and uh, some news nuggets. That's all from Kelly for now. So bye, Kelly. Bye. bye. We're wrapping up here. But first, let's start out with some news. News nuggets. Dip them in your sauce and put them in your mouth. Okay, so not too much going on around Disney still. I mean, mm -hmm. they're doing a lot of stuff for the Disney Magic Moments thing that you can find online. Um, but they did introduce new cloth face masks. Mm. And they're doing that for donations for families. Um, like, they're donating some. You can purchase them. But they're, like, donating to communities and, yes. and stuff like that. So following the CDC's recommendations to wear them, um, like, out in public and stuff, Disney's introducing their non-medical reusable cloth face masks. And they feature favorite Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars characters in the United States. They're available for pre-order now on shopdisney.com. And then what they're doing to help those in need is that help those in need is that they are donating a one million face mask for children and families in underserved and vulnerable communities across the US. Wow, yeah. I believe they're four yeah. for nineteen ninety nine. Which is not terrible. I mean, that's $5 yeah, I mean, a piece. Yeah, I mean, it's for a good cause, but they're going to be distributed by MedShare is the company. I think they're not shipping anyway, till mid-June, so they really are assuming. So I guess the reality I mean, like, is we're going to be wearing face masks for a while. I think I think that's right, what they're but, counting on. Right. Like, I guess the thing is, I mean, I think normally, like everybody else will probably be back to more normal then. Like, it's not going to be a thing, but I Disney's Disney. essentially probably going to require it. So. Yeah. So might as well have That'll fun face masks. Whole, yeah, a whole nother money-making machine. I'm Oof. sure that all the Etsy all the Etsy makers are getting together. They're already doing it. Yeah, they're out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They out there. It's but um, I haven't bought the masks from Disney yet. But I think I think I'm probably going to break down and and buy the four for twenty. And get I don't them. know. I don't know why. But well, uh, let's go. I'll go in with you. <laughs> Will you will split some? Well, I figured because it's me and Nicole. I spent twenty dollars on four. But anyway. well, I thought about it, so if we, we each have two here, you know, like a backup one just in case yeah. some breaks. I don't know. But let's go do some Disney history. I'll take us back to 1997 with uh, Piano Bob Jackson. You may know him as Yeehaw Bob, his one-man cabaret show at Rivers at Port Orleans Riverside's River Roost Lounge debuted. 
So he's still there now. It's been going on now for, what is that, 23 years of doing his thing yeah. over at Port Orleans wow. Riverside. Back then, it was not called Port Orleans Riverside, but right. the uh, the show has been going on. If you haven't seen him, highly recommend any time of the year, but especially Christmas when he does his crazy uh, 12 days of Christmas. It's amazing, wow. and it needs to be seen. Sounds intense. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Okay, I'm taking us back to 2005. Wow. Where Epcot's new Soren officially opened. And um, let's see, so did the Disney MGM Studios Lights Motors Action Extreme Stunt Show. thought that was interesting. And then also, Cinderella Bration, a glittering stage show, officially premiered over at the Magic Kingdom. And it said also officially debuting was the uh, Magical Express, which was the complimentary round-trip airport transfer for Disney World Hotel guests. It's a busy week. 2000. Yeah, a busy week in 2005. All yeah. of those things. But it. Um, but I was glad I picked this because we talked about the Indiana Jones stunt show. And it was like, well, I forgot about the Lights, Motors, and Actions Extreme stunt show. Oh, yeah. I, now, did you ever see that? I saw yes. it once. I think two or three yeah. times, yeah. Now it's Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. No big deal. And now it's Galaxy's Edge. Exactly. No big deal. Um, as yeah. I've been doing on previous episodes, I do want to leave us all with a Disney quote. So that's coming your way. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you want to follow us on Instagram, our account is at that park life podcast or i am on instagram as at the disney greg yes and i am officially over at the healthy hot mess that's you and uh hey if you haven't seen our live shows on youtube we've done two so far they're out there on youtube you can just search for that park life podcast or check out our website or our bio on instagram they'll all link you there well our most recent one we had some fun with the mouselets we did some trivia we did, if you remember the trivia you did with the Kremlins on an earlier episode, the before and after category was chosen again. Greg's all-time favorite somehow made yeah. its way in there. We were able to declare a winner who won a prize, a pin, and stuff. So we had some fun over there. Good and, times. And we looked at some vintage Disney picks. Um, and hopefully we'll have more in the future because I, <laughs> um, I am all about it and I love doing them. I had a good time, so yeah. I'm all for it. Yes, because I think I, my goal is to get the Adventure Bros on. I was already talking with them about it. Oh, yeah. And uh, they just did an Instagram Live the other night on their Instagram, obviously, and they were yeah. hammered. They were. It was three a three-hour-long <laughs> Instagram Live, and it was glorious. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's when things can go real south. <laughs> yes. But anyway, a quote, which is in no way related to our conversation of the Adventure Bros getting drunk. Okay. I figured I would choose uh, a quote from a character in one of the shows we were talking about today. So today's quote to leave you is from Lumiere. And no, I'm not going to do this in some time, but some type of French accent. It's not going to happen. But this is a quote from Lumiere from Beating the Beast. And it is, quote, you don't have time to be timid. You must be bold and daring, unquote. So maybe you find yourself in a situation where you don't have time. You just got to go out there, be bold, be daring, live your life. You can do it. You've got it in you. You don't have to be holding two flames in your hands to be able to do it. Oh, wrong song. Wrong song, wrong movie. All right, that's all from us today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for hanging out with us and talking about theater stuff. See you next week. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.